0: Many of you know that before I came to Knox, um, I served in the church in Calgary. And for a lot of you, you think that's where I was born. I wasn't. I'm Western Canadian in my heart, really, because I spent a lot of time, 20 years in the West. But I was born right here in Toronto. Um, I was raised up in Rexdale, in the hood of Rexdale, which when I grew up, it was not a hood. It was a sleepy suburb of Rexdale. Because our house, it actually backed onto, really, this this massive grassy area, which you could have thought was a pasture. Never once did I see a sheep or a shepherd in that grassy area. And in every place I have lived since, cities in the United States, cities in Canada, I have never once seen a shepherd anywhere I have gone. And I don't think I'm alone in that. I think for many of us, we could be born, we could live, we could die without encountering and seeing a shepherd in our lives. It's, it's a reality that's pretty removed from many of our lives. In fact, a shepherd is, is sort of a dying career. The only shepherd I know is a tweeting shepherd, a shepherd I follow on Twitter, <sighs> His, his name is James Rebanks, and uh, he lives in Herdwick, England, and he sends out regular tweets of pictures of his sheep and life in the pasture. Um, but it's a life far removed from most of ours, which, which then quickly makes you wonder about Psalm 23, and you wonder, can those quaint images and words from Psalm 23, can, can they really speak? our life here in urban modern our wired world and yet and yet psalm 23 is probably the the most well-known passage of scripture whether you're a follower of jesus or not it is probably one of the most memorized passages of scripture it's probably one of the most cherished passages of scripture Here's what I find so fascinating about it. The, if our experience of sheep and shepherds is so far removed from the reality of Psalm 23, what accounts for the way this psalm continues to deeply impact our lives? Why is this psalm the one that people quickly turn to when life turns its darkest? What is this ancient poem about sheep? and shepherds, how does it profoundly touch hearts of people who really have no firsthand experience of that sort of pastoral life? Well, here's what I do know, and that there is a power in this psalm that, that transcends, that rises above the agricultural life of the pastor. There's a spiritual power here that transcends the Middle Eastern culture and the metaphor of sheep and shepherds, a reality that goes deep, that, that plays out with really with equal power today in our life here in the city, in downtown offices in condos in classrooms and coffee shops. And it is the truth that at the center of the universe, at the heart of all things that is, is not cold emptiness. At the heart of all things is not random chance. It is not the brute reality of the survival of the fittest. The center around which this whole universe pivots is the loving leadership of God who is present personally with his provision with his daily care for us. At the heart of Psalm 23 is the revelation of God as a shepherd, the good shepherd who will take you to calm, refreshing places, the one who restores your weary, aching heart, the one who provides complete safety, deep satisfaction, peace. The power of this psalm is is that it, it touches at some deep human nerve. It awakens in people this this yearning for there to be one who might lovingly guide and shepherd our lives. First half of the psalm, it's a highly structured psalm, so two complete whole halves. The first half, verses 1 through 4, pictures the care of a shepherd for sheep. And it's a care that brings flourishing, that brings life. The shepherd provides everything, provides good things, food and drink. It's a really an image of teeming life and flourishing. So much so that it reads, he restores my soul, he restores my life. It's a picture of someone who's providing complete care. And the shepherd provides not only care, but guidance, protection. Sheep are prone to wander, they need protection from threats and so we read that your rod and your staff they comfort me a shepherd is someone who, who takes complete care of the flock a shepherd is somebody who, who you can put yourself in his arms and he says don't think about another thing relax no worries it's okay god is the one who provides us with that tender attentive care He knows you. He knows who you are. He knows your heart. He knows your needs, and he will provide it for you. You lack nothing, as the psalm says. That's a remarkable thing. You lack nothing because of his care, because the the shepherd not only provides what you need, but he he provides himself. That is the greatest thing, more than anything else. Can you trust that today? Can you fall back into that shepherd's arms and trust him? That is what a shepherd is, what a shepherd provides, and everyone in this room, all of us sheep, we are looking for some shepherd in our life. That's the power of the psalm that it speaks towards, that it touches at. Every one of us is looking for some guide, some leader, some shepherd for our life. Trouble is, so often we seek it out in other places. Many of us, want to get married or we get married to people because we think finally this person this is the person who's going to take care of me this is the person who's going to meet all my needs this person finally at last oh I can relax this is the person who is going to give themselves fully completely to me and take care of me but what we all find out is they can't You will be disappointed. Some of our lives get really messed up and turned around because we thought our parents were supposed to be shepherds for us. And they were, they filled that role in some capacity. But we had hoped that our parents would be the kind of people who would take care of us completely, take care of all our problems, all our needs, giving themselves so fully for us. But they couldn't do it either. All of us know the disappointments we have with parents. That's part of how we get reparented by God. Or think of this. How many people, and I've encountered so many lately, are so bitterly disillusioned with politics or with governments because they have looked to governments and political leaders as the ones who finally, this person is going to completely take care of us, right? Right? But you know what happens with every government, with every political leader. They let us down because they can't do it either. And unless we find in God our good shepherd, you're either going to try to become your own shepherd and you're going to disappoint yourself because you don't have the strength to do that for yourself. Or you're going to seek this kind of leading and guiding and shepherding in someone else and they're going to disappoint too. And so Psalm 23 taps into this, really profound, deep human yearning for a good shepherd. And it tells us the good news. There is such a thing. There is such a person who is ready and able to provide for you and is found in our God. Will you trust him for that today? The second half of the poem of Psalm 23, something shifts, something changes there. The image shifts. The power of the psalm is still in this image of a shepherd But now the object of the shepherd's care, it's no longer on sheep. It's now on what you might call a fugitive. Because we read, you prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. You see, shepherds weren't the only ones who lived in that desert, in that wilderness. Fugitives, people who were on the run from the law. Maybe they had committed a pretty atrocious crime, maybe murder and... uh, Their life was in danger. Well, sometimes they would escape. They would run into the wilderness. And that was a pretty miserable place for them to live. Always, you know, looking over your shoulder, just trying to survive. And yet, in that harsh desert culture, a custom of hospitality developed. And so every wanderer in the desert, whatever their past, whatever they had done, whatever their character, they were welcomed into a shepherd's tent as a guest of God. The shepherd took them in, received them, welcomed them, provided food, took care to protect their guest. And so we read, you, God, are like that sort of shepherd. You prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. The shepherd is this gracious host pouring out, overflowing hospitality, honor, goodness, to this to this fugitive pursued by their past. There's nothing grudging about the hospitality offer. There's no judgment. You know, there's no exam. You don't got to sort of fill out a form first. No, here is the reality, just extravagant grace. I don't know about you, but boy, that is good news for my fugitive prodigal heart. I mean, that is good news for all of us who have something we're trying to keep hidden away, for all the fugitives with a past that still causes you to blush today, for all the prodigals who have run far from home. God, our good shepherd, sets out a feast. He's the one who provides this grace that frees us from the past that we are running so furiously from. He delivers us from the weight of all the bad decisions, from all the faithless acts we've made that just continue to drag us down. He's the one offering us a place of refuge, a space of hospitality, of welcome. I love how it says he sets this table in the presence of our enemies. Because really, there is no other place, is there? (sighs) Enemies are always present with us. Enemies come at us in all sorts of different forms. Doubt, self-doubt, anxiety, boredom, loneliness, fear, failure, temptation. I mean, we know them. We've battled long and hard with those enemies. and, And as these accusing enemies look on, God sets a table for us. And our cups are filled to overflowing. Because there's a good shepherd who cares for you, who welcomes you. Beautiful, beautiful psalm. But you got to wonder again, for all the lovely comfort of this psalm, do these words still hold water for us today? This faith in God's good guidance and personal provision, can we still believe it? Because there's hard things in life. Do all these lovely warm images of sheep and shepherds, do they operate within the hard realities of life as we know it today? It's a hard but an important question for us to raise because we got to be honest about our faith. Does this ancient, this beautiful poem set out a faith that in the secrecy of our hearts we still honestly hold to and live out? It is the power to do that for you because of the ongoing power that's seen in this. And part of the power is that it doesn't pretend at all that evil and death and hardship don't exist. It recognizes hard things, terrible things even happen. And they happen to good people as well as bad people. And and the right paths that God leads us on, sometimes those are paths that lead straight through the valley of the shadow of death. So Psalm 23 does not blow in sunshine. Okay, It is honest about life. And right at the exact center of the psalm, a shadow is cast. A shadow of all that is wrong in the world, it falls on this poem. Isn't that just true to life? No matter what green pastures you may have found, sooner or later a day is going to come when a shadow is going to fall on that green pasture. A shadow is going to fall on that carefully cultivated life of yours. The shadow of death, the shadow of all that's wrong in the world. It could be a terrible disease. It could be a lost job, a fractured relationship. It could be a late-night call from a friend or family that's in trouble. That shadow falls on all of us. And the psalmist doesn't try to explain it away. doesn't try to minimize it at all. He simply says, I will fear no evil. For all the power that evil has... He says, it doesn't have the power to make me afraid. Now that is something. Why? And how can we find that sort of security for our lives? Well, here at the center of the psalm, and at the very center of the psalmist's faith, is a beautiful confession. Did you notice the change as as we read through the psalm? There's a change. The writer stops speaking about God as he and all of a sudden he starts to refer to God as you, because you don't speak that way when the person is right there with you. Suddenly he speaks to God as you. I will fear no evil because you are with me. Here's the spiritual dynamite of this psalm. Here is the center of that faith. It It is the personal presence of God. Even though life is so dark, even though I am in a miserable place. God, you are with me. You are my shepherd. You are the source of my strength. You are my hope, my God. You are with me. Isn't that the power of, of this psalm that lifts it above culture and context and speaks so directly, so deeply to our hearts? God is with us. You know, we spend so much time and energy trying to hold it all together ourselves. But then there come moments when we become aware that that job is just way too big for us and we need to trust someone else. We need God's gentle care for people who are lost and weak. And we're told there is one, the good shepherd who is with us, who takes our hand in the dark. And oh, we need to be reminded of that. Because often it feels like God cannot be very near. There are moments, there are seasons, sometimes days, sometimes weeks, when we just can't feel the presence of God. What does that mean then? Does that mean that the good shepherd is just slacking off? Is our faith then empty of its power, of its hope? I think we're offered a false faith if we have to always feel joy and strength. If we're taught that we have to feel the presence of God, what happens to our faith when the shadow falls, when despair and hopelessness sort of slink into our lives? Psalm 23 teaches us a really important thing. It it teaches us that we, we need to sort of create a disconnect between our feelings and our faith. Now, maybe you think that doesn't sound right, but hang on with me. How we feel does not impact the capacity of God to be present, how we feel about God does not impact the reality of God's presence. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Even though life can be dark, our faith can speak to our hearts of a deeper truth. You are with me. And we need to speak this truth to our hearts. We really do. And that's why we're asking every one of us to to, young and old to memorize Psalm 23. And if you've done it already, can I encourage you? Memorize it in a different translation. So do it again. So we're all doing this together. But write this powerful truth on your heart so that when you can't feel God's presence, when it just feels so dark, your faith can inform your feelings. And you know what this does? It allows us, to bring into our relationship with God. It allows us to bring into our worship all the difficult parts of our lives. It creates a space where where we can bring all the hard and disjointed feelings and realities of life before God and know that the Good Shepherd is holding us when we can't hold it together any longer. You know, as a pastor, I have sat in a lot of hospital rooms and funeral homes and what I see again and again when the shadow hits people's lives, when they cannot feel anything but the pain of life, it it is the words, the reality of Psalm 23 that provides such deep sustaining power for people. I saw that one day on a beautiful July day when I was called to the children's hospital in Calgary. Someone in my church got a frantic call from them and on that beautiful blue sky prairie morning, one precocious eight-year-old boy, without any notice, collapsed unconscious while he was playing at a day camp. And now he was splayed out on a hospital gurney. He was wired up to every sort of monitor, and every one of those monitors was telling the same story. There is no brain activity. That, that beautiful boy suffered this catastrophic brain trauma from a tumor, that had grown inside him undetected. And, you know, there's there's no preparation, there's no training that readies you for a moment like that. What do you say? Who dares to sort of speak pious cliches to a sobbing mother and to a father who's lost his only son there? In the face of that, overwhelming grief and pain of that moment I began and they joined in with the words that brought some measure of light the words of this ancient poem the Lord is my shepherd and even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death I will fear no evil for you are with me and those words that the truth of God revealed there, held us together for that day, reminding us that even in that dark moment, even there, the good shepherd is with us. And even then, the shadow doesn't get the last word. Psalm 23 invites all of us to to give up our illusions about our carefully constructed little life it invites us to give up our ideas that we can be our own shepherd and it calls us to move into the territory, to find God as our only security and to know him as our great hope. And that, that, that great hope comes not by trying to escape the shadows of life, but by trusting the shepherd of life who is always near, even in the shadows. And we know this good shepherd best in Jesus. Jesus. He is the good shepherd. Jesus is the one who fills out all the details of Psalm 23 with his life in beautiful fashion. Think of Jesus feeding the 5,000. In the passage of Mark, it says Jesus made them sit down, reminiscent of God making us lie down, and he feeds them with good things. He is the one who invites weary, tired people to come to him and find rest and refreshment for their soul. He is the one who guides and protects. He is the one who prepares a table of welcome. Even for one who betrays him, like Judas, a table is set for him, He is the one who is present with us in the valley of the shadow of death because he has actually gone there before us. He has laid down his life for us. He has died for our sake and now is the one who can confidently, capably lead us through whatever that valley might throw at us. You know, the greatest emblem of the shepherd's care is not the shepherd's crook or staff. It is the good shepherd's cross. The good shepherd's cross means we need never be afraid again because instead of life being done in by death, as we always suppose it happens, death is now done in by life. Our death becomes life. Hope comes out of hopelessness. Joy comes out of sorrow. Comfort and strength comes out of fear. And it changes our living if the Lord is our shepherd. Psalm 23, you know what? It's not for hospital rooms. It's not for funeral homes. It is a power that is meant to be experienced in daily living. And it provides a resilience. I love what David says. I lack nothing. I will not fear anything. I mean, can we live like that? We can When we know that the goodness and mercy of God is chasing us every day of our lives, relentlessly present for us. So my question for all of us is, when are we going to finally relax and rest in our good shepherd? Think of what would actually happen if you would let it dawn in your heart that there is a shepherd in heaven. God who knows you, who calls you by name. That you're in his care you're in his safe protective hands that he is committed to your joy he's committed to your honor that you belong to him so surely in body and soul in life and in death that he has faithfully paid for all of your sins with his precious blood that he has set you free from anything the evil one can throw at you and that he watches over you with such goodness and mercy that everything in your life works together for your good, for your salvation. Think of how free, how resilient, how peaceful your life would be if that were to sink deep into your heart, if the shepherd would grab hold of your heart. That is the power of the good shepherd. And who can fail to respond to that goodness with trust and love and worship? That's what good sheep do. So let's do that. Join me in prayer. Father, we thank you so much for this beautiful, beautiful truth. It's not just an image, it's not just a dated poem. It is a living truth of who you are. And God, we ask now in this moment of quiet, of prayer, as we offer ourselves to you, we ask, would you help us, God? Renew our deep trust in you as our shepherd. Father, some of us realize that parts of our lives, we have not trusted you. We've not trusted your good guidance. We've thought maybe we had better ideas about how our life should go. We have not trusted that you intend to renew and to care for us. God, would you help us to renew our trust in you? This, This existential sense of dependence on you some of us have allowed, God, our feelings to bully our faith. So teach us, God, how to speak truth to our hearts, that you are with us. Help us in the conscious practice of your presence every day. And Father, many of us here, you know what, we're, we're, we're honest. We're not resting in you as our shepherd. Maybe we're just afraid you've rejected us or we forget that you know us to the bottom of who we are that you laid down your life for us. Father, we pray every one of us would come to you and rest in you as the good shepherd and that we would find in you joy and peace and rest for our souls. We pray this in the good shepherd's name, Jesus. Amen.